Hello and welcome to the Nag Pearsall Trainer podcast. I'm here with Bailey today. He's currently flat out sleeping next to me, so Kate's doggy. So I'm puppy sitting. So if he does bark, um, excuse me for a moment if he does. <laughs> so today, quite a few things bring up actually I want to talk about uh, to help you guys with your health and fitness goals. So I'm going to talk today a bit about the menstrual cycle and also getting worried you're weighing yourself too much, especially if you're doing a fat loss goal. So I'm going to cover them two today. The reason I want to cover, did I say menstrual cycle though, periods? I was meant to say periods. Sorry if I said menstrual cycle. I'm still getting used to the routine of um, looking after the pupper. As you know, if you change your routine suddenly, or if you guys get a dog, um, basically you have to work your lifestyle around the poochie. So yeah, sorry, apologise brain going dead there for a second. Anyway, so I'm talking about periods and fitness, as in the menstrual cycle. As it's been brought to the attention again, uh, due to female athletes saying how some of them do feel at a disadvantage because of it. And, we're, and even one quoted that if this was a man's problem, there'd be a solution by now to this situation. It's sad, but she's absolutely right. Luckily, and with the world becoming more modern, there is more and more research being done on female health and fitness, especially from a performance point of view, like for sport, for training, for even fat loss and weight loss. It's the same for menopause as well. Again, more and more research is being conducted, which is great for us. So I'm currently always reading up on any studies that are coming out, any studies that have been studied. So basically I had a meta-analysis. And it's getting more and more positive. We're still quite far behind, but there isn't quite a solution yet for every woman when it comes to the menstrual cycle. When I say every woman, every biological woman. That's Bailey sounding fed up if you heard that. So the reason is because every woman's different. So some women are absolutely fine when it comes to working out or performing when they're on the periods, even leading up to it. Some just don't really notice any symptoms. They don't struggle or anything. Some women just don't. And that's why, again, why the research is quite difficult to do because we're very individual women and our hormones fluctuate quite uniquely amongst us. For example, we're told a period is typically 28 days. But that's just an average. It can range from anything less than that to anything higher than that. Some women have PCOS, which means the periods are more unpredictable. Endometriosis, again, can also affect your periods. Uh, so there's, again, a lot of factors at play here. But there is times where all women could at one point struggle with the symptoms of their menstrual cycle especially when they're due to bleed or during the early days of bleeding, which can affect your performance, whether it's sport or in the gym uh, or just a physical activity you want to do. And you actually dread doing it because you feel like shit, basically, leading up to that. Mine tends to vary each month, personally. And this is what I do when it does happen from experience and just from stuff I've tried and researched. Again, I'm not a doctor. So do check with your doctor before anything when it comes to your menstrual cycle to check what's best for you and your health. 
this is just personal experience and just some advice I've seeked medically as well actually so the first thing I do is I manage the pain early so if you struggle with period cramps which again can be huge hindrance I tend to nip it at the bud sooner I and normally you'll have this sense of like I feel my quads the front of my thighs actually start to ache and radiate and I know that means it's going to be a rough period so I start taking my any pain relief quite early that way I don't need as much and I don't need it as often it was advice from I think it was a nurse I knew and she said if you take it too late when you're really in pain you're trying to soldier on through it and think I'm not going to take any pain relief no medication it actually is harder than to manage so you best nip it in the bud as soon as you notice it's not feeling 100% or you feel like a bit of pain coming on and as a PT I don't be in pain and have my job hindered when I'm working with my clients as well. So not just from my training standpoint, and the same for most women. It's not just about your training, it's also performing in your job, in your careers, in your business. So I get where you're coming from with that. And I find, I have found where a couple of the odd occasions, I've misread my period symptoms, I've gone to a client and I've had to stop and go get pain relief because I was struggling to hold on throughout the session. Didn't want to disrupt the session, so you grow and bear it, don't you? As we all do in meetings or being with clients or doing your job. And before you know it, you're in too much pain. It's taking ages for it to settle back down. So I, I the best advice I've, I've ever been given is nip it in the bud early. So you won't need as much painkillers and you'll be in less pain. And then you're just managing it throughout until you gradually don't need to. The other thing I do when it comes to my training, I make sure I'm actually getting a little bit longer sleep. I will actually try to go to bed just a little bit early in 15 minutes, read a bit earlier, and then hopefully I'm more sleepy, which I normally am, and I fall asleep a lot sooner. Because sleep, again, is great for our recovery, our mood, and just generally all over energy. And when we're on our periods or due on, we can feel very tired, very fatigued, our mood can be low. So making sure you've got a great sleep routine and sleep hygiene would be key. I find being outside more for walks particularly. So if you feel like shit and don't want to train. <coughs> Bailey! Apologies about that interruption. <laughs> he keeps barking at the wind at the moment. Oh, I think there's people about outside. So he's just been a good car dog doing his job. He's chilling out on his elephant. And I've lost where I am. But anyway, so managing the menstrual cycle. So again, prioritise your sleep. Because sleep is brilliant for helping our energy levels, our mood, and our perception for the day the next day. You might not felt like training the night before for the next day, but because you've rested, you know, you want to, you know, you feel like, actually, I will train. It's not hard. I'm going to go in. If you do end up training and you're not feeling great, like you're feeling tired, you got the cramps a little bit, but you have been having pain management, but you just want to get out and go to the gym or go do your workout, then don't worry about doing it all. Just do what you can. Because at the time, that workout's going to feel hard. And if you base the work on intensity, that workout's going to feel intense, even, even if you go easy. Whereas you try to do your normal intensity, that's going to feel way over. It's going to tip the scale how hard it's going to feel, which isn't ideal when it comes to weight training, when it comes to your mental cycle, feeling that shit. Because you just basically 
trying to fight over fatigue. So if you end up going to the gym and you're feeling not great, it could be you think, I'm just going to walk on the treadmill, listen to my favourite podcast or watch an ep- a bit of an episode or something. And that might be all you fancy doing. Or it could be, I'm just going to do one set of each exercise, but do it at the best technique as possible. Now, some people might think that's a waste of a session doing things like this, but you're establishing technique. Weight training is a skill. So prioritising just to work on the skill isn't absolutely not a waste of your time doing a workout. Whether it's machines, free weights, kettlebells, whatever it is, you know, one set of doing your best form on each exercise with a lower weight than usual is not a waste because you apply that better technique when you're feeling better. When it comes to nutrition, so if you're not doing fat loss or anything, I tend to like eating more fruit because of the dopamine release. I do have chocolate and the odd slice of cake or apple crumble in this case at the moment. But it's not much different for me apart from my up my fibre intake to my fruit because that dopamine hits. And I drink a lot more fluids because I'm hotter than usual because your thermic effect is higher, which is um, your body is using energy to break calories down, which makes you feel hot. So you're actually burning more calories as well. It's up to, it's not exact, but it's up to, up to about 300 calories around um, the end, of, about closer towards when you're starting to bleed, so towards the end of your cycle. So during like the later luteal phase, which is after you've had your ovulation phase, which is on average day 14, uh, and before then your follicular phase, which is normally starts from day one when you finish bleeding. Uh, so day one when you start bleeding is when your follicular phase starts. And that's when your estrogen starts to peak, starts to increase. And that's why you feel a bit better because estrogen's fantastic. It's known as the protective hormone. Uh, so actually very optimal to have you know good levels of estrogen when you're training that's why i love it when women are able to take hrt hormone replacement therapy because their training just massively improves because their recovery improves because estrogen is fantastic for recovery as well then you hit that close to ovulation phase and most women can train very very hard during the ovulation phase because uh, your estrogen at its highest your testosterone is as well so a lot of my female clients recognise this quite a bit now and realise they do have a month, like a week or so feeling fantastic. So they just go for it in their training. And then normally the week after that, again, it might be all right, it's fine. And the final week just before they're about to start a new cycle, they might feel a bit more sluggy and low energy. So And they might feel more hungrier than usual, especially if they're doing fat loss. So if you are doing fat loss and you are feel hungry, you feel like you are fighting against it, then by all means, go to maintenance. It doesn't hurt to not be in a calorie deficit for a week of the month. It might not even be a week that you need. You might just need a couple of days of just being sitting at higher calories. So overall, the week, it might be your calories are quite similar daily rather than having a higher weekend. But that might be better and more manageable to do it this way. But not all women need that. So don't assume you're going to be hungry because you assume you are, you will be. It's almost like sometimes it's best not to know information. Like say today I was training a client and in fact today and yesterday and they were doing one rep maxes and both of them said to me, Nat, don't tell me what the weight is when you're putting it up. I'll get a trust in your judgment how much to go up by based on my technique. So that's what we did. And because they didn't know, they just really went for it on every single rep assuming 
and may have gone up quite a bit or may not hardly gone up but just assume they had to work the hardest at that rep max no matter what weight I put on there and I think if they knew the weight they may have not done some of the uh, the rep maxes and I feel like I need to test this out myself so again knowing that you could not definitely but could be hungrier the weekly not to your menstrual, menstrual cycle just know as a strategy if you're doing fat loss you can go to maintenance those who are doing maintenance you don't really need to do anything much different i would just say for you guys you know or for, even for myself because i'm doing a surplus at the moment because i'm trying to gain muscle i would just probably opt just to increase my fruit intake still have something i enjoy every day like a chocolate bar or something but i would opt to have delivered more fruit in my diet than usual as like a side dish or and put loads more on my porridge because it's a bit more satiating helps that dopamine dopamine release and it does give me that sweet hit as well um because i actually i've got into a habit now of not really hardly snacking i eat everything all around my meals even my dessert where people mostly would have that in the afternoon i like to have it with the meal now so actually i find snacking just feels like a waste of time to have calories i like to feel full and with snacks i need a lot of them and you find that yourselves that's why you have a bit of a snack and you go back so i personally like to eat more things close to my meals unless i'm out for an occasion like a coffee and cake i will have a coffee and cake if i'm out but majority of the time i'm eating things with my meals now just out of keeping good habits um you know say one day if i can't be as active i can manage my calorie portions a bit better so it's good for that sort of tactic as well and it also makes sure it makes you make sure your meals are filling enough so you're satiated in between meals as well. So that's a good little tip in general. So as well as nutrition there as well, like I mentioned earlier, you are hotter than usual. So keep an eye on your hydration levels. I think people think they have to be all pure and clean and have just water for hydration. Yes, water is the best form of hydration, but you can put squash in. It's you can get squash these days with no hardly any calories in. I love Ribena, so I have the Ribena light and I freaking love it. The only time I have water is first thing in the morning uh, before I have a coffee. And it's just habit of having it really. And I'm very thirsty, so it doesn't matter what I'm drinking, I'm going to drink it. So I'll have 500ml water or a pint of water. But you can put squash in, folks. It's absolutely fine. You don't even have to put the fruit in to flavour the water. You can just have squash if that's what you enjoy. Uh, milk counts towards it, your protein shakes well, because it's hydration as well. Eating your water as well, so again, bear in mind the fruit intake, I think this is really helpful. So things like watermelons, strawberries, grapes, uh, and even your salady foods like your tomatoes, your cucumbers, very high in water content. So again, keeping you hydrated and you're getting some extra nutrients is a bit of a bonus. So, you know, it's great for your body and your health. So yes, keep an eye on your hydration. I know it's something most people struggle with. I'll be honest, I rarely feel thirsty. I'm like a camel. I could probably go all day without a drink. But um, it's obviously not great for the human body. And I have found in the past when I've done that, I've been very soggy. Hydration's great for our thinking. And some people claim when they're due on the cycle or on the cycle, their thinking is not as good, feel a bit soggy. So again, hydration could be a factor there. You might not be drinking enough as you should be because it might be your urinating more because you're losing more fluids for the body especially when you're uh, bleeding and you're hotter than usual so you're sweating more so just bear that in mind about your hydration levels as well so maybe have a little bit more than usual 
Uh, don't forget tea and coffee also counts, but just like an 80-20 rule, ideally 80% is not caffeine <laughs> or alcohol and 20% is the caffeine and maybe a little bit of alcohol, that sort of thing. Other ways to, again, manage your cycle is, yes, swapping your exercises. It might be that you just rather just sit and stretch and just do like a 15-minute yoga session. So YouTube yoga videos, for example. I like doing, to sound so cheesy for me, which is not like me, but I actually like yoga with Cassandra with a K. And I did a lot of his in the lockdown last year, the year before, whenever the hell that was. And she has nice 10, 15-minute ones. And she does a lot of breath work style, which is a style I like to do. I can do my own yoga, but because I teach it a lot, I like someone to tell me what to do for a change. So even I use YouTube videos, they're great for it. So I highly recommend that. And it might be sometimes you do that and think, you know what, I'm up for going for a walk now, doing the tasks I've got to do that day. That'd be something cool to do in the morning if you feel a bit slugging, a bit off, or you don't feel like going out and walking yet or peopling. So maybe just doing that session first to stretch you out get some blood flowing to your body, focusing on your breath, which might help manage the pain and also relieve your mood a bit more afterwards too. Because looking after your mind is just as important, especially when it comes to the menstrual cycle, because our moods are lower. You know, we're not in a our optimal headspace, are we always? Again, not every woman feels that way. Some women are absolutely fine when on the period. So again, this only applies if you do struggle. So just remember this throughout what I'm telling you about your cycle. So when it comes to make sure you can perform over your cycles, as well as managing pain, uh, managing your calorie intake, um, if you are tracking calories, that is, or even if you're not, about the adding the fruit to the diet, hydrating, having adequate sleep. The other thing I'd always say is, especially when people are doing fat loss as well, they tend to reduce the carbohydrates quite a bit, like sometimes too much and too little or cutting them out completely. Women, we do much much better having carbs in our diet there's been actual research on this there was one about uh, people doing fasted workouts basically not having breakfast and then going for a workout which is actually okay depending how intense it is so again if you're on your cycle because it can affect our hormones big time apparently it can cause uh, issues with our periods like our regulators it can actually cause um amenorrhea where your periods stop and that's not just because of low weight it's actually sometimes inadequate fuel as well for working out and that can affect it and of course as we know loads of things affect our cycle like I was a little bit late uh, this month gone and it, well, I was a bit stressed about something so it was probably that because I know I was eating enough and I had enough carbohydrates but if you're doing quite an intense workout in the morning or you know, before you're even going to eat, whatever time it is, like say your first meal, should we say, actually. They're saying now the research, you do ideally need, to, it's better for women to have something to eat before a session, uh, well, their first meal before a session, should we say. Even if it's something small, it hasn't got to be actually a meal. It could be just half a banana, with a little bit of peanut butter, and that sounds like classic and really cheesy, but it's fats, which is great for instant energy, a little bit of a half a banana, again, instant carbohydrate. It's not going to make you feel too sicky for your session. Uh, fat digests really quick, so the peanut butter won't take that long to digest. Uh, the banana digests really quick as well. So again, some people don't like eating first thing. Um, but if you are doing quite an intense session, so a weight session, a hit session, or a high-intense class, or a really hard run, for an hour or more, ideally the same have 
you know, some form of carbohydrates or or some sort of uh, something to eat before you go to your session. Uh, the other one is fruity toast because you get nice little small cut loaves of that. Um, that's quite popular and that's something I always like to have. I used to have that before a run. Small bowl of cereal. I actually buy the individual boxes because I like them before I go kickboxing. And also I like them at night if I've had to train late, like at kickboxing, because I need something to eat before I go to bed, but not something too heavy. And it fits my goals really nice. And most of my clients agree they've done it themselves when they've had to work out late at night because that's when sport clubs tend to be on. So they'll have like a little bowl of, like, say, Rice Krispies with some milk and maybe some berries if they wanted to. And it's just not too heavy before bed, so they're going to sleep okay. But also it just replenishes them and stops them feeling like shit going to bed as well. And it just gives them a bit of time to wind down as well. So bear in mind with periods, and particularly female health in general. Again, I've read quite a few studies on this one. This I think it's had a meta-analysis done on it as well. But women fasting is basically just not ideal. And that's what they're saying. There's no extra benefit. You're not going to lose fat quicker or anything like that. There's no evidence whatsoever. They have compared people who fasted compared to people who do a calorie deficit just every day, just a moderate one. Both of them lost weight. Both of them lost body fat. But the ones who did the moderate calorie deficit always sustain or gain muscle tissue, which means better change in shape, better for health reasons. And again, those who get worried about putting muscle on, you're not going to get big and massive. I've been trying for years. Not massive, but I've been trying to put a bit of size on. And it takes a hell of a long fucking time. So unless you've got the patience to keep training weights, trying to aim to see results for the next five, ten plus years, I wouldn't worry about it. If anything, muscle takes up less space, makes you look leaner, as you may call it some of you. It you makes you look toned. If you want to get toned, ideally a moderate calorie deficit is better than a severe one. Ideally, a moderate calorie deficit for fasting is the better option as well, personally, just also from the research I've seen as well. And also applying it to my clients, the best results I'm seeing are the ones who do a moderate calorie deficit. They weight train, they're managing the stress, they're sleeping well. They have all their aspects of their lifestyle and they've built up to that. They've not done it all straight away. They've built up to it. So, yes, feeling yourself properly. And again, carbohydrates is one of them as well. I would say... If you are tracking just out of curiosity, so you can roughly get a guide what you're having when it comes to your macronutrients. Macronutrients are carbs, fats and protein. So I would suggest go for like a 40-30-30 split for percentages. Again, it's not perfect. Nothing, nothing has to be spot on. But get close to that. So I prefer to be at the 40 carb, 30 fat, 30 protein. It won't be I always hit 30 protein, 30%, because I don't need to hit as much as I normally do. And you might not hit that as well, but at least hit a minimum range. So I would suggest like, if you're new to this, 70 grams a day, which is like 25 grams a meal. Uh, or it could be 20 grams a meal and then a protein shake or a protein snack or something later on that day. But having like the 40% carbs rather than the 30 carbs and then the 40 fast and the 30 protein, I just think personally, for a women's health point of view, it's better. I have got some women clients who prefer a higher fat diet. It just suits them. It's a food preference thing. They're training well. They're seeing results. So I'll let them crack on. And they're still having carbs. They're having at least 30% a day of carbohydrates on average. And that's fine as well, by the way. But I would say, yeah, 30 up to 50% would be absolutely fine. Keeping that range. And if anything, if you are doing fat loss and you're getting close to like an event and it is something that means something to you to like a holiday as a one-off sort of thing, and you know it might not be sustainable, 
then yes, I would say go at the lower end of the carbohydrates so you can drop down your calories easier and then you can keep your fats and protein pretty much the same. So you're just offsetting your calories. That's all you're doing. It's nothing special about dropping carbs. It's just carb dietary carbs are easier to reduce calories through rather than protein and fats because protein we need mostly. It's very satiating. Carbohydrates are easy to reduce because you make a lot of swaps for fruit and veg instead of having, say, uh, pasta, like or as much pasta, I should say, or as much potato, or as much rice. So you have a small portion, but you instead to compromise, you have more veggies because they fill you up, but you have higher volumes of them because of full nutrients. Again, which is grateful. So your period, by the way, because again, high volumes of fiber. I'd say that's pretty much all my best tips and my knowledge at the moment on the menstrual cycle. I keep looking at it. I mean, a lot of women ask me about the pill and the research I looked on that, that did recently come out not long ago. Again, I think because because you're more level most of the time, it's a little bit easier, which is why a lot of female athletes tend to opt to go on the pill. Now, some people might be like, well, isn't that not the solution then? Women just go on the pill if they want to perform in sport. But for some women, the pill doesn't suit them. You've got to bear in mind, again, there's not a one-size-fit-all for females, which is why it's still an issue in sport. Um, and some just don't want to take the pill. Some just don't want to take the contraceptive pill. And that's fine. It's their bodies. They should choose how, what they want to do with it and be able to form at their best at all times. So the solution does need to come about for this eventually, which we may be way off right now, but we are getting better things and how to manage it. So just to sum up with the menstrual cycle and support performance, I'd say it's just, this is stuff you should be doing all the time anyway, but look after your sleep. Sleep's too important. That's number one. If you struggle with anything and you're feeling overwhelmed to start anything right now, say if you're doing, you want to work on fitness goals or fat loss, start your sleep. Because if you sleep well, you manage your stress better. You make better choices throughout the day. Your hunger's managed. So you, again, you make better choices through the day. You have more energy, so you're more likely to train. It has a massive domino effect. I'd say that's the number one thing to take away from that with the menstrual cycle. Is look after your sleep. Can't stress it enough. Have quality sleep hygiene, a relaxing routine, less tech time before sleep. You know, make it a nice, pleasant atmosphere before you sleep. So you're going to sleep soundly and wake up feeling awesome. And also with the working out, like I just said, if you can't and just don't feel like training your arse off because you feel like shit with your menstrual cycle, then focus more on technique. Do less reps and sets. Take the volume down and just work on really strict form. Even it means just using the bar or switching to machines and focus on that mind-muscle connection. That's also a great way to focus in your technique training. So your muscles fire. When your muscles fire better, you can feel them firing. You actually will be a lot stronger when you do your lifts, when you connect with your muscles better. Okay, lastly, just to finish off though. When it comes to, I've had a client recently offer of a strong membership, actually say she worries, she feels like she's weighing herself too much. What she means out is I think she's doing it through the day. Once a day is okay if you're using its data collection to get an average each week. So scale weight as we know doesn't tell you what's muscle fat um food your feces your urine your blood water retention storage of water with having carbohydrates so you don't know exactly what that weight is but you will see a trend of it moving a certain way depending what your goal is so if you're for example my client's doing fat loss so she's worried because she thought that 
she plateaued but she had i basically got to do a week average of her weight and then basically up to seven days and add it up divide it by seven it gave her average and actually had dropped her weight also she said she was feeling better in herself her clothes were fitting better there were other aspects i was like you haven't plateaued keep doing what you're doing you don't need to change anything. It's just going to slow off probably now, and that's okay. Keep going until it's literally a halt for probably a month, and then we'll relook at it. So she's been doing averages, but because I think she gets a bit excited when the weight drops, she's now been weighing herself quite a bit in the day. The issue with doing that is it's no longer being seen as data. I had to stop weighing myself when I was in my early 20s because I used to obsessively weigh myself three to five times a day. And I'd see the weight go up over the day and I'm like, why is this happening? Am I getting fatter? I'm getting fatter. Or this weight determines who I am as a person, how much value I am, or if I'm pretty, or if I'm fit, this weight determines this. And you just want to see the numbers go down. I didn't have a set goal. I just wanted it to go down. I just thought, well, going down's good because that's what I was brought up was right. And I think, oh, a lot of women are under that pressure still. Or... They get to an age and they're like, I want to weigh what I weighed all those years ago. But your lifestyle's change, your body shape's change. You've got to go with not just your weight as a data collection, but you have to go with how you feel. And a lot of our clients, for example, are very strong. I started because of the way we teach in there and the way we coach when it comes to mindset, including body confidence with this. And we encourage weight training in our group. They're all feeling better about their physiques, no matter what the scales say. And they said even when the scales aren't the way they want it to go, they're still happy that day because of how they feel in themselves. So before they weighed themselves, it actually felt great. Then we sometimes suggest to them, don't weigh yourself for a bit. We'll just come back to it maybe in a month or two just to reevaluate if you wish. But if you're happy with seeing the results you're getting and you feel like things are moving the right way, then don't. Only do it when you're not sure, maybe. So again, the reason I did it with this client because she thought she plateaued. So the option was to get some data including tape measurements and things and moving the right way. But the reason, again, like weighing yourself daily, I didn't understand back then that my weight was going up through the day because I was simply eating food. And food's going to make my body weigh more. Drinking liquids as well, you know, even just your water. Um, you know, and sometimes, you know, after a buffet I'd been to or a Chinese, I'd weigh myself after and go, why am I four pounds heavy? And, and I'd felt guilty for eating some some tasty food. And... I hardly ate all day. I would do that. And then we'd binge out in the evening. Like A lot of my family members do it as well. And we just thought that was okay. And it's not their fault. They didn't tell me to do that. It's, again, with weighing myself, it's learnt behaviour. But again, they didn't tell me to do that. They didn't pressure me or anything like that. It was not like that at all. It's just stuff I've seen. And what we see in the media as well, and on adverts and magazines back when I was growing up in the 90s. So... And again, that's what they believed as well, because that was promoted. If you were weighing less than nine stone as a woman, no matter what height you were, you were deemed as valuable. You were deemed as pretty because you are less than this weight. It was all your skeleton had to show. And it was like, no. And eventually my mind flipped because I was so into martial arts and seeing what physiques were like for martial arts. And they weren't scrawny, skinny people. They had muscles. The women I used to train with had fantastic legs on them. And... I wish I knew what I knew now. That's what I would tell teenage probably me is that, you know, your weight isn't going to determine who you are. Weighing yourself through the day is not helpful at all because, you know, your weight's fluctuated through the day because of your food, your water retention, when you're on your period as well, that you're weighing heavier too. And again, for women, this is why I think it's ideal just for data collection 
two weeks of the month, but basic round where you know where your cycle is. If you're not very good at knowing your cycle, you need to know your cycle. It's more handy. And if you notice it's irregular and you didn't realise and you need to get checked out. But what I'm all going to say is, is that if you're going to weigh yourself, as long as it's not going to affect you mentally doing that, and you see it as data, but you're not going to use that to determine whether you're fat or thin, whether you're pretty or ugly, then crack on. Absolutely. But if you're doing it to be your own scientist, just out of curiosity, because you just want to check that things are moving the right way based on what you're eating, whether you're calorie tracking, like through my fitness pal or NutriCheck, or writing the food diary, you just want to check it's all correlating with it and with your tape measurements, or just a reassurance that tape measurements are going down, but weight isn't, but that's okay because that means I'm losing body fat, or your clothes are fitting better, or changing shape of your physique, you on progress pictures, then just see it as data. But understand that's not going to measure your worth. And it actually doesn't measure your body fat. So you don't know if it's fat or muscle that you're losing. The only way you know that is how you look and how you feel. But that's the most important thing. As long as you're healthy, there's no such thing as a healthy weight for all women. Or even all men or whoever. It's just how you feel. And as long as you've got no health implications and you're not too, carrying too much body fat. Because obviously there is comorbidities along with that. And same being underweight as well. There are comorbidities with that. We want to sit in the middle. We want to sit in like a ratio in the middle where we are fit and healthy. We still have a healthy amount of body fat. We have muscle. We're strong. We're less breakable. And we feel good. We feel fit. We feel energised majority of the time. That is the goal. I hope you find that helpful today. Um, if you have any questions regarding what I spoke about today, you can email me at natalie at nagcrystaltrainer.co.uk. As always, I'd love it if you shared my episode to somebody, just one person. If you think it's going to help them, that it's applicable to them. I'm always grateful for people to do that. The more people we can help, the better. Have a great day, everyone. And thank you for listening.